Nobody should go through problems alone. If you feel that you can't find answers or solutions anywhere, don't rely on yourself. Rely on God. You're listening to the podcast version of God's Message magazine, and today's topic is Refuge for the Weary. Life is difficult. There's no doubt about it. At times, it too is perplexing. As such, it does not come as a surprise to hear a person wedged in a tight situation say, Please, bail me out. Such a plea concedes self-limitation, a reliance upon somebody else, perhaps on loved ones whose concern is beyond question. On the other hand, there are those who are too proud to seek any form of assistance, despite their inability to cope or deal with a pressing problem on their own. Thus, I don't need anybody's help. I can stand on my own. But... And the former who finds a benefactor, and the latter who is so sure of himself, be assured of making it through life, of having a secured future? The fact is, both have equal chances of ending up a mess or a wreck, rather than succeeding. What man must understand concerning life, then, is, and what should he realize about his future? The wise king in the book of Ecclesiastes reflects thus, I quote, How can anyone know what is best for man in this short, useless life of his? A life that passes like a shadow. How can anyone know what will happen in the world after he dies? That's Ecclesiastes 6.12. No man on earth knows what's best for him. Not even the noblest of heart knows what's good for another. What man is certain of, though, is that his existence on earth is short and that life passes like a shadow. Many die young, and those who reach a truly ripe age will at some appointed time inevitably die too. As to what man can do, there's no guarantee for success. In the face of uncertainty, whom should man trust then? In whom should he seek refuge? The book of Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It is easy to recognize those who trust God, who make Him their stronghold. They are those who do not brag about or rely solely on their own understanding, or will not consent to do wrong. Thus, again I quote from the Holy Bible, Never let yourself think that you are wiser than you are. Simply obey the Lord and refuse to do wrong if you do it will be like good medicine, healing your wounds and easing your pains. Unquote. That's Proverbs 3, verses 7 and 8. No matter how burdened a person may be, bruised and sorely aching from the constant battering of life's problems, 
He ought to obey the Almighty God and must refuse to do wrong or evil. If he does that, he shall be healed of his physical and emotional malady. Leave it to God. Take to him your load. If one does that, he will see for himself. Life is, after all, not threatening, whereas relying on one's own capability will only lead to destruction. For, once again, I quote, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Unquote. That's Proverbs 14, verse 12. What lies ahead? No man knows by himself alone. For this reason, man needs God's guidance. Thus, once again I quote, Listen to me, my son. Take seriously what I am telling you, and you will live a long life. I have taught you wisdom and the right way to live. Nothing will stand in your way if you walk wisely, and you will not stumble when you run. Unquote. That's Proverbs 4. Verses 10, 11, and 12. What could be more fitting an advice? One that everybody ought to give serious thought. Much is at stake that we cannot afford to lose. Long life. Wisdom. The right way to live. It is easier to recognize those who take seriously God's instructions. They follow the divine admonition, thus... I quote Proverbs 4.13, which says, Hold on to instruction, do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Unquote. God's people cannot risk losing life. Hence, they recognize the value of holding on to or guarding well God's instructions. Like those received in the house of God when they gather together, to worship him, based on Isaiah 2.3. God proclaimed his instructions in different dispensations of time. That's mentioned in Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2. In the Christian era, God revealed his wisdom through the Church of Christ. Thus, I quote, To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, unquote. That's Ephesians 3.10. When Israel turned its back on God, God through his Son or our Lord Jesus Christ established a group of people who would be recipients of his instructions. Hence, the founding of the Church of Christ in the first century. Through the stewardship or the administration that God set in the church, his teachings were made available to his people, that is, to the members of his church. Thus, quoting again, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Unquote. That's Colossians 1, verse 25. God has not been remiss to his people in all dispensations. He has not forsaken his people from the ends of the earth. Isaiah 62, 11 and 12. Sad to say, 
There are those who do not stand to benefit from the gospel taught to them. The author of the epistle to the Hebrews said, I quote, But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Unquote. Hebrews 4.2 True faith, then, is needed. Apostle James vividly portrayed this in his epistle to the members of the true church of Christ thus, I quote, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, unquote. James 1, verse 6 and 7. From a distance, waves look foreboding, but only to be shattered to foaming brine. Never should God's people, members of the true church, waver in their faith in what God can do. The Bible defines faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 verse 1. The holy city is yet to come. Life eternal remains to be a promise for now, but the hope of God's people must never wane. Easier said than done. So the learned apostle Paul admonished the true, true Christians thus, quote, If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Unquote Colossians 1.23. Apostle Paul reminded the members of the true church of Christ to remain grounded and steadfast in their calling by continuing in the faith and not letting themselves to be moved away from the words taught to them. In another epistle to the Christians, Apostle Paul gave as a lesson in the proof of true faith in God that of Abraham the patriarch. Thus, I quote, who contrary to hope in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Unquote. That's Romans 4, 18 through 21. Nature's course does not warrant an old man married to an equally old and at the same time barren spouse to bear children. Yet Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform. Indeed, an object lesson in faith. Current world events are enough to send chills to the spine. Terrorism, poverty, skyrocketing prices of commodities, calamities both natural and man-made, all contribute 
to a truly depressing existence. The Lord Jesus Christ said thus, I quote, I have told you this so that you will have peace by being united to me. The world will make you suffer, but be brave. I have defeated the world, unquote. That's John 16, 33. We know what our Lord Jesus Christ went through. The sufferings he bore for the sake of those whom he will save was just too much for him to bear. Uncomplainingly and triumphantly, Christ went about fulfilling his God-given task. Having defeated the world himself, he had all the authority to say, Be brave! With it comes the invitation for us to be united to him. Like Apostle Paul, members of the Church of Christ in these last days need the protection of Christ's power over him. Thus, I quote, But his answer was, My grace is all you need, for my power is strongest when you are weak. I am most happy then to be proud of my weaknesses in order to feel the protection of Christ's power over me. I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. Human as he was, Apostle Paul acknowledged his frailties or weaknesses. He was likewise cognizant of the onslaught of trials and tribulations on account of being united to Christ. Nonetheless, he was confident of Christ's assurance and protective power. God's children should not be daunted. The words of Apostle Paul should inspire them. Thus, I quote, since we are his children, we will possess the blessings he keeps for his people, and we will also possess with Christ what God has kept for him. For if we share Christ's suffering, we will also share his glory. I consider that what we suffer at this present time cannot be compared at all with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For we know that up to the present time, all of creation groans with pain, like the pain of a childbirth. But it is not just creation alone which groans. We who have the Spirit as the first of God's gifts also groan within ourselves, as we wait for God to make us his sons and set our whole being free. For it was by hope that we were saved. But if we see what we hope for, then it is not really hope. For who hopes for something he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Unquote. That's Romans 8. Verses 17, 18, and 22 through 25. The wait may no longer be that long, but weariness may just creep in at any point to the finish line. Anticipating such an eventuality, Apostle Paul declared thus, again I quote, 
In the same way, the Spirit also comes to help us, weak as we are. For we do not know how we ought to pray. The Spirit himself pleads with God for us in groans that words cannot express. Unquote. That's Romans 8.26. Tired and weary, no reason to lose hope. Pray, God is our stronghold. To find more articles like these, get your copy of God's Message magazine from a member of the Church of Christ. You can also find the podcast version on incmedia.org podcasts or on iTunes or Google Play under INC Podcasts. Thank you for listening. I'm Brother Bob Pauline. God bless.